0: The path of the witch is so unique. The, the gift of witchcraft. I was able to see, hear, and communicate with spirits. It's a very personal relationship between a person and spirit. Colonel lust. It's things like Working that. Working with different energies and spirits and communicating. Creating magic. The powerful yeah. ritual.
1: And... <laughs>
2: <common spell. laughs> She's actually
1: sitting in the The role of the witch is to make change. Three young friends realized they were witches. They scattered to different parts of the world following magic and spirit. Now, they're back in their hometown to share what they've learned. Welcome to That Witch Life Podcast, your home for living
2: as a witch in today's world.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to That Witch Life Podcast. I'm your host, Hillary. Today, I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Kanani. Hello. And Courtney. Hello. Hello. This episode, we're focusing on the spring equinox and prosperity magic, Mm -hmm. all things that are really important and valuable this time of year. So we're excited to have you here. How's everyone's week been?
1: Mine has been really good in a very strange way. Um, We had the demo crews come in and start removing the mold and the drywall and the lead paint from my house. So it's like, as I was saying to Kanani's daughter, it is an ultimate spring cleaning. And she said, wow, you're having your ceilings removed. That is the ultimate spring cleaning. Um, I had a lot of fun last night. I went to a mead hall with my husband. Ooh, how was it? It was so good. And um, Where it's, is it? It's in the town where I live, McMinnville, Oregon. And um, all these really delicious meads that are made by uh, local farmers, but also some that come in from abroad. And a lot of pagan and witchcraft groups meet there. I understood that the wild witches of the Willamette will be there for their next, um, their next meetup. So I'm going to crash it. Oh, yeah, It'll I be super fun. That. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, my husband and I played this game called Odin's Ravens. Oh, I saw you post a picture of that. It was so much fun. So the myth is that, and I'm I'm sure I'm going to screw some of this up. So just, Forgive me in advance people who are obsessed with Norse mythology. So the great God Odin has these two Ravens that circle the globe every day and bring him back the news of, of what they find as to what's going on in the world. And so you have, it's only for two players, this game, and they have to get to the end of the world and then back. And, you know, you can throw Loki cards to throw tricks at your opponent. And I won four rounds with my husband and the, the mead, the mead guy warned us that this could potentially bring out some serious competitive vibes in us. And I asked him about halfway through when I'm getting these glaring looks from my husband. I said, does this game come with marriage counseling or at least extra mead to handle this? And apparently not, but it's super How fun. Rude. It's so fun. So that's happening and i um, getting ready to go to Paganacon. By the time this episode's released, I'll be just a few days away from that. So I'll be presenting on the Morgan out in Minneapolis. So any of our listeners, if you're going to be there, please come up and say hi. Again, this is PaganaCon in Minneapolis. And I am very excited to get out there and run my mouth.
0: That's super exciting. Yes. Is this Mead Hall open all the time? Yes. The oh Mead Hall gosh. is open all the this- time. Are you still in the Mead Hall? I'm well, that makes, <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, your book is exciting and everything, but
1: I mean, me Mead. Hall. The Mead great. Hall. <laughs> I just,
0: like, didn't even realize that that existed and you're not that far away, so I'll definitely be crashing at your house. It, it was being in there was a combination
1: between being a at a pagan gathering, like a festival, and the enchanted forest in Salem, Oregon. So the music and the vibe, and it's it's still really small and super super um, kind of it's it's still very clean and new and things like that. They don't have a lot of stuff up on the walls. Kanani's making this weird face. Do you not like meat or something? No, I'm looking at a bird that's outside. <laughs>
2: I was Is it a raven? No, it was not a raven. I was just completely distracted by a bird out the window. What about you, Kanani? How's your week been? My week has been good. We've been doing a lot of spring cleaning at our place, and I've uh, been something about spring and spring equinox makes me obsessed with thinking about gardening and outside. And i am also been reading uh, The uh, Green Witch by uh, Aaron Murphy Hitch- Hitchcock. Yes. And so the whole combination. So now I'm just like completely obsessed with, I redid my patio and and replanted everything and got it all fancified and we got some food for the birds outside and uh, have been kind of rereading some of my books on the fae and I'm just all in spring fairy garden mode. And then you're
1: coming out to my house and helping me weed and plant my garden because that's yes. yes. Next weekend, the kids are very excited to come. Yeah, there's a native plant sale happening right in my county. And so there's this one area I've been trying for a year to get a pollinator garden growing in my yard. So far, it's just been basically like ragweed and grass. So this week, I'm going to go out there every day and try to pull the stuff up so that when my helper crew, my little children that are going to help get dirty and things... Are, are you using child
0: labor? Yes. A little bit.
1: Okay, that's why yeah. I had them. That's
2: why. I had them. <laughs> so you can. That's why they exist in the world?
1: You can lend them to
0: friends. Yes.
1: <laughs> to plant primarily them. for myself, but occasionally I, <laughs> I lend them out to help others. I said I'd feed them and make wouldn't make them work more than like twelve hour shifts,
0: right? <laughs> that made me choke on my. Teeth. Let them have a little water.
1: <laughs> well, you can come too, Hillary. I invited you, but you didn't respond. I'm going.
0: I'm going to be in Oakland uh, rehearsing for a show I have at the end of March in. Uh, LA. Yes. So this is my like kind of one rehearsal chance. So I'll be gone down in Oakland next weekend, but yeah, things have been busy uh, for me. Work has been really crazy. Um, I'm working towards this show in LA and I officiate, I co-officiated a friend's wedding oh. um, right at midnight on the 29th. Um, a, a really beautiful, super intimate ceremony.
1: It's like leap year wedding. So that that's, that's crazy. I didn't mm. th- think about that.
0: That's kind of like that. I, right? yeah,
1: it's a great idea because then you like you would celebrate every year, but then you would super, super celebrate yes. every
0: four years. So you'd be like, toasts, you know, like. Da-da-da. But then you're like, okay, whatever, and then four years later, you're like, throw a big party. I
1: actually heard something about. Leap year. We're we're we we are recording this on March first, so we just finished that, and it was an interview with someone who is a leap year baby, and she has so many challenges when it says like enter your birth date on some online form because February 29th isn't an option. Oh my god, that must suck. That's true. It's so frustrating, and so then somebody actually I thought of Kanani because they said, "Well, have you ever thought about just changing your birthday?" And she went, "No, it's my birthday. It's awesome."
0: Also, can you even change your birthday?
1: I don't know. I don't, I, I, I don't know what they can do. Maybe they can, uh, what, some kind of edit to a birth. I don't know. I don't make birth certificates. I don't produce those things. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I feel like if you're born on, on leap year, they, sh- I mean, they should just have a 29th option in things because right. it is a day that exists that some people are born on. Yeah. Every four years.
2: I, I actually yeah. heard there was a restaurant that for people who had, you know, with your driver's license, you could prove you were a leap year baby they would give you four free desserts
1: yes i saw because that because
2: every year you can't go in right because you don't have a birthday so every four year, when it's your birthday they'll give you four desserts instead of one dessert and i was like ah oh, it's the only time i've ever wanted to be a leap year baby is
1: probably the only time you ever considered getting a fake id too right exactly
0: <laughs> is it dairy queen and did you order a fake id yet? no it, it
1: was not <laughs> although we figured out that the dairy queen next to your house hillary is hiring I, courtney's gonna work there <laughs> I said, I said, Konani wants me to get a job there, and I said, but you'd be so mad if you rolled up to the drive thru and saw me there. You wouldn't trust it. Like I don't want you touching my ice cream. You're gonna mess it up, and I'll say, yeah, I'm just sitting there. I should probably get your Blizzard and just sit actually, there you said in front
2: of it. You said I should work there, and I, I did. said no. I would never make my own. That's not going to happen. I want someone to hand it to me. I just want to sit in my <laughs> car. And not someone me? hand it to me?
1: What if it were me and you the Blizzard? I would God, anyway. I would. I'll eat it anyway. I did work at Baskin Robbins that summer. You did. You you had no problem taking my ice cream then. That was one of my best summers (laughs) when you worked at Baskin Robbins. (laughs) That was the summer that you and I started hanging out, Hillary. Yeah, that was the
0: summer. I do remember.
1: Yeah. And that was like, we were doing some kind of joint spell while I I had to go into the back at, while I was working at the Baskin Robbins and like... Expel what we thought was a demonic force from someone's house. Oh, like, oh, that's
0: right. Yes. Oh my god,
1: I forgot about it. <laughs> I'm, like, ah! I'm in my little Baskin Robin's apron and I go in the back storage room and I'm like raising this incantation to drive out whatever we summoned through the Ouija board like two days before. Yeah, we really <laughs> fucked up it.
0: We really messed up the Ouija board. It was bad.
2: I just remember you would show up at my house with with buckets of ice cream and it that's was right, phenomenal. I did. That's it was right. amazing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's when I was back when you were nice to me. So I was nice That's to right. you.
2: Well, it was funny because there was one time I was sick and both my boyfriend at the time and Courtney rolled up with Baskin and Robbins quarts of ice cream. And I have two two favorite flavors. I like the peanut butter chocolate and the world-class chocolate. And each of them had gotten one of each. So I actually ended up with both of my favorite ice creams on the same day. They each bought one, and luckily, instead of both of them buying the same, they bought separate ones, and it was the,
1: one of the greatest days of my life. And this was, the, this was in the days before. <laughs> this was when I was 17. We were 17. This was far before cell phones, so we couldn't like coordinate with each other. I just showed up. We had my, pagers. Wait, did we have pagers? I did not have a pager until I was 18. I got a pager at 18.
0: I think I got a pager. I think I was like, I want to say I was a junior in high school when I got a pager. I love the fact that
2: some of our listeners
1: are like, what's Pagers were a nightmare because someone would page you and you'd have to go find a payphone and call the number. Now, if this was somebody that also had a pager, they would like page you the number of a like, like, um, phone booth. So, you, they, so then you'd like call this random phone booth. And if you miss them, you might get some stranger that would pick up or the phone booth wouldn't even. they would stand there waiting for you. And that phone booth did not accept incoming calls. And they'd be mad at you for like, why didn't you call? I'm like, I did call, but it just went, it just went
0: into the oh, thing. Yeah.
1: So like, and it used to drive me crazy because when I had a pager, my parents used to like my, he was working for my dad at the time and he would page me and be like, okay, what is it? And I go, you know, find quarters, go find the payphone, call him. And he'd be like, your paycheck's ready. Oh my God that's that's great thank you but it was like always ready but he just wanted a reason to call and it was such a process
0: yeah my parents my parents were like we're gonna get you this pager but then you have to call us within x amount of time when we paid you so then you're like running around looking for a freaking payphone, like trying to you know
1: yeah and then you we all had that like that one friend who had the early cell phone and yep. it was like 59 cents a minute. Oh yeah. And so, so you're like, can perfect. I please call my mom? They just, they would stand there. I remember one guy like called someone for me and would like relay the message. Cause he didn't want to hand me his phone. Cause I might run off with it. Oh my gosh. God. Back in remember, the days. I remember when my dad had a car phone or I, you know what? It wasn't a car
2: phone. It was just a cell phone and it had been given to him from his work and it was like a brick.
0: Yeah, like this
2: big. And it was so big, but I remember we all looked at like that's so cool. <laughs> but it was like a the
0: size of a brick. Yeah, my dad had one of those too, and I remember when he got it because the hospital he works he's a he's a doc he's a now retired doctor. But the hospital was like, you have you know this we have this new thing. So now when we paid you, you can call us, or we can call you in an emergency, right? And my sister and I were just in awe of this thing. Like, what? It has no cords. How does this even work? zach morris cell phones the one. Yes, the giant like it's the size of your whole head and you look at that
1: only the really rich kids in wherever bayside high wherever bayside high was supposed to be yeah. could have the giant phones that they could glue to their faces <laughs> i would love to have one of those now and walk in the street talking on it you know how many people would freak out i wonder
0: if we could build one and just put our actual cell phone in it <laughs> And then just be like, I bet there are cases out there. Because there are cases oh, that are so like funny, that are all sorts of things like cassette tapes, like whatever. I think it would be hilarious to build a case that looks like one of those giant brick cell phones and just walk around like an idiot. That would be amazing.
2: <laughs> that would be fun.
0: Kenani, you've been watching The Good Witch, I hear.
2: I have. It was uh, something actually. So I actually have a friend. Who, when I watched the movie Bell, Book, and Candle, uh, she heard about it on podcast about me watching it. And she laughed because she said she was watching a sitcom called The Good Witch. And the, the woman's store that she owned was called Bell, Book, and Candle. And so oh. she didn't know that there was a correlation there. Oh. And so it made me want to watch the show. So I started watching the show. It's super cute. It's, it's on the Hallmark Channel. So it's like kind oh, of the Hallmark Christmas yeah. movie vein, like where everybody's just, everything's good all the time. And there's a minor conflict and then they have to fix it. And then oh, everyone's no. happy and a better person afterwards. And it's just adorable. And so I really like it. And I have started watching it with my daughter who really likes it. And um, the thing that I like about it is that although she does make tinctures and stuff like that in her store, so that is kind of, you could consider that kind of spellcraft, Her magic is really um, her intuition Mm. and that she knows things. And kind of when she meets someone, she instinctively knows, like, what they're needing from her. And so she kind of sets them up in situations that they themselves are solving their problems. But she kind of, you know, so one thing that she's famous for is, like, she'll hand someone something and be like, hey, could you take this here? And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. And they think they're running an errand. And really, they're going to run into someone who's going to have the answer. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. So it is kind of a, in some ways, a true-to-life version of magic. Because it's not all abracadabra. You know, uh, okay. You've changed something from one thing to another it's thing. It's not
1: demonic.
2: Step right. aside, it's not, Cinderella. It's not crazy. It's Exactly. <laughs> she works more with energy and intuition and things like that. So I actually like the way that they are... I mean, it's Hallmark, so they're going to do it as nicely as they can, but I actually like the way that they approach magic in general, because it's not very, it's not a spectacle. It's very intuition and thought, you know, thoughtfully done. So anyway, I think it's adorable. I would hate it, wouldn't I? It's my new jam. I think you would like it. Really? Yeah. Cause it's not, <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. know Courtney can swing with it. Uh, really?
0: You said you the could. word Hallmark and then like, I just went, oh, Yeah. I don't know if you could. Courtney could swing with it. It's okay. pretty
2: cute. It's it's cute enough that
1: it you, you like it. So it's it is a recommended. It nice, is nice, nice gentle watch because sometimes I think we do need mm-hmm. uh, a mental rinse with so much panic and yeah. yes. stuff that's going on in the world. But we still want something magic. And oh, let's be fair, which is love Hallmark Channel. I don't know what it is, but like my feed, <sighs> my feed comes like around Christmas time. All of my witchy friends are just stocking
0: up on the Hallmark movies. I mean, I think maybe we have different witch friends. (laughs) Uh, Maybe, uh, maybe Courtney and I should watch an episode and review it. (laughs) That would be funny. That That would be super funny. Listeners, go on our Facebook page and let us know if you want us to. If you want us. If you want. Listeners, go on our Facebook page and let us know if you want Courtney and I to watch and review an episode of The Good Witches. I'm going to pick know- an
2: episode. I'm going to pick one. Okay. Kanani picks the episode. Yes. Hillary and I. This is happening.
0: And FYI, we know what a review is and how to give one. No. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. No, okay. No. <laughs>
2: I, I, okay, now I'm going to go home. I'm going to pick which episode you guys get So for our next episode,
1: this. when we come back, Hillary and I will have a full-fledged review ready of, of yes. the episode. If Hillary can breathe, because I think she And it's on Netflix. I just
0: spilled tea all over myself. It's now
2: on
1: Netflix, so you can watch oh my it. Oh, Oh, I love this! We need our own streaming service just for witches. We we'll call it Witchflix, everywhere. and it's just witch movies and witch TV shows. That'd be so great.
0: Yeah, I might. Maybe I'm gonna. You know how you can make different profiles? Yeah, I'm gonna wait, what make a flicks profile. <laughs> you on, totally could, and can, just can, just watch can you Witchflix? share it? Can you share Netflix? channels like you, or you profiles can do, like you can in spotify where you can be like oh this is my like let's blah, blah, find playlist. out yes. let's
1: create let's create kanani witch flicks and i cannot all the movies that you review including the crow has to go in there i can do that because i have my own profile my kids
2: have a profile so when they go on it only shows kid kid movies but i mean so you, you can, can share, create different profiles so i could create a kanani i could create a kanani profile where it only shows me which movies but
1: the question is if it can be shared to the general public that's like like Spotify, oh,
2: like, like a
3: playlist.
1: You like a playlist. Yeah, yeah. Let's find out. That'd be funny. That would be. If really we can't, awesome.
0: then I will. I not include any of this. So. Corny. Yes. Did you want to talk about the spring equinox?
1: Okay. So, <laughs> all right. So, spring equinox is coming up, and I'm very excited because a lot of the magic I've been telling our listeners not to do over the last couple of episodes, especially love magic. Your time is coming. Spring equinox is all about new beginnings. Now that sounds like a cop-out because I feel like every fricking witchcraft meme and every fricking witchcraft association is it's time for new beginnings. But literally this specific spring equinox, the planets are aligning for new beginnings and just spring equinox or or Ostara as it's often called by by many Wiccan traditions. um, It tends to lend itself to new beginnings anyway, because the earth is coming back to life. Um, you know, trees are starting to bud. We're all starting to want to get out of our houses a little bit more for real. Yes. So, um, if you're going to be doing some spring magic, it's a really good idea to do a good cleaning first. Um, so over the next couple of weeks between now and, you know, as, as spring continues, um, any, if you start giving away clothes or books, just take a moment before releasing them to honor the time in your life in which you obtain mm-hmm. them. So similar to what Marie Kondo does, where she says, thank the item. But I also say, thank the, thank what happened. And some of those things are not comfortable. And so we try to take a moment and remember the lesson that came out of it. I know in some of my deep spring cleaning, I came across some stuff that belonged to people and I wanted to give it back to them which meant that I kind of needed to connect with these people. And I wasn't all that excited about it, but instead of dwelling on that and getting angry about it, I, I gave thanks to the specific lessons that I got out of that period. And, you know, cause it's brought me to where I am today. And so then by giving these things away, I'm releasing that time, but be careful. You're not leaving that energy in those objects. It's like you're saying to this book, this shirt, this um, trinket from whatever vacation that went badly you know, your time is done and I'm letting you go and you no longer attach this item before you give it away. So are you referring to when you're reminded that drinking
2: a lot of wine and shopping on Amazon Prime is not the best idea?
1: When did I do that? No, I'm saying that's what I do. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> when I look at my things and I go, how did that care? Oh, yeah. No, but that's, that's. But you barely remember those times or anything that's
2: true. like that. So I just, things manifest. I think I manifest things, but really it came in an Amazon box two days after I drank a lot of wine and watched a lot of Hallmark movies. And
1: <laughs> suddenly things are in my
2: closet and that you just, weren't in my
1: closet before. You decide you're going to start a tea shop just like the Good Witch. And then you get all these teas and you remember oh, you don't drink like tea. sounds like so much work. <laughs> So much. Work. Well, there's something that a friend of mine says, um, who is a, um, an OCHA soon to be OCHA initiate. And she says, um, one of the traditions she learned is don't keep what you don't use. And honestly, when you're looking at your magic supplies and you have a use for every single one of them, and you know what they're for, that strengthens your overall magic. So keeping stuff around. And, and I wrote a blog post about this, about, um, getting rid of magic stuff that you no longer are using. And some people get heard about that, like, well, it had magic in it once. So maybe I should keep it. No, don't don't if you're no longer using it, or you don't see yourself using it again in the future, like truly don't see yourself using it again, not convincing yourself you might, then it's time to let it go. And you're not uh, shaming overall spirits by doing that, especially if you're intentional and say, this is I'm letting this go. And once you let go of things you think you need, it brings in the stuff that you actually, and we were talking about this just before we sat down, we were talking about my Mm ex-boyfriend and how heartbroken I was when that didn't work as I felt like I needed to have that relationship. But as soon as that was gone, I met my husband. Yeah. So (laughs) really needed to let something go. Um, and so, so, um, the planting energy of the spring is really naturally going to influence the things that you want to bring into your life or strengthen the things you already have in your life. Like if it's a new relationship and you want it to flourish the springtime energies, if they're directed properly can help that relationship grow. Um, So the spring equinox is on March 19th this year, just a couple of days after we released this episode. This is also the same day when the sun is entering Aries By the way, this is more uh, geared toward those of us in the Northern Hemisphere. I'm I'm giving up love to those in the Southern Hemisphere who are um, experiencing the fall equinox. Um, but Aries being the first sign of the Zodiac is a great time to bring in new beginnings. It's frequently known as a warrior sign as well as a fire sign. So it's an excellent time to bring in opportunities or doing blockbuster or road opening work. Um, on one of our future podcasts, we'll get really deep into what blockbuster road opening spells are. Um, but a very simple way to do something like that is just Write down what the obstacles are and light them on fire. I mean, Aries in spring loves this kind of energy. Um, Consider drawing or printing out the sigil of Aries to put on the paper as well. So if, say, you're having a hard time writing that novel you really want to, you're creatively blocked, write down my creative block, draw the sigil of Aries on it, and then burn it and get rid of um, of that, that mental block. So also, on the 19th, the moon is squaring Uranus which tends to bring in some erratic energy and it's can be um, a challenge with focus. So it's a really good idea to have your plan in mind ahead of time. So if you're listening to this podcast on the 16th or 17th, take some time today to write down some of the things or, um, meditate on some of the things you want to bring in. So when the erratic energy starts to come in on the 19th, um, you can still harness those new energies without becoming distracted. Um, the sun is sextile Saturn. So it is an excellent time to do money spells. Now the new moon on March 24th is a really great, what I call an all purpose new moon because the sun is conjunct the moon. So it's literally all about new beginnings as is the spring equinox, as is the new moon. So you've got and then of course this astrological situation. So you have three things lined up for you to bring in something new. Um, if you've been waiting to do love magic because last few episodes I said, don't, it's a bad time. Now is the time to do it, to bring in a new relationship. So, all right, y'all, if you're looking for someone, this is the time go for it. Um, I saw a video about a single rose growing into a rose bush by sticking it into a potato and soaking it in water or something. We'll find the video and put it on our website. Is that a real thing? I don't know if it's a real thing. So, so <laughs> it's if so, not a real thing. Well, it, it's, uh, the video said it was. It looked like I real I saw thing. it on the internet. The internet said <laughs> it, so it's real. It's <laughs> true. Sure. Come on, guys. If it was on the interwebs, it must be true. <laughs> <laughs> Everything there is true. But anyway, I don't know if this works, but if it does, this would be a really... Wonderful way to bring in love magic by so imbuing cool. this rose with love energy, and then if it grows into a love to a love bush, it grows into. A, oh dear, <laughs> this is a child. No, wow. Well, I don't know if it's really a child friendly.
2: It's so really not talking bush. about? So this you can say it? bush. That's
1: fine. Let's talk about bush. Let's love bush. All right. Okay. Okay. And Let's, we're there. And we went there. All right. Anyway, Uranus <laughs> and love bush. That's where we are.
0: Hi, we're 12, everybody. Welcome to our podcast. We're in middle school. Hey, well, those parts are helpful when you want a new
1: relationship, you right? Uh, so um, anyway, you encourage this love bush to blossom and oh, flourish. Dear. Just let them We have officially lost it, folks. Oh, God. I was trying so hard to be professional in this one. All right. All right. I'm coming back. Okay. Got it. So anyway, um, if you don't want to use the rose spell, my thought is... <laughs> My thought is... um, Are you referring to the bush? (laughs) Aren't you the one that told me I was laughing too hard and that I need to control myself on our podcast? No. Yeah, it was her. It's only funny when I make you do it.
0: (laughs) Love bush. Let's go.
1: Stop it. Okay. People are trying to learn from us here for some reason. Okay. So my thought is that getting um, what they call a seven-day candle. So these are some of the bigger Mm -hmm. candles that come in jars um, and you're meant to burn them every day for seven days. Ideally, if you were to burn them 24 hours, they would be gone in seven days. However, I don't recommend ever burning candles when you're out of the house or when you're sleeping. So do put them out when you sleep and when you go to work or the grocery store or whatever. But if you start a seven-day candle on March 19th and you burn it every day through Tuesday, March 24th, Um, really powerful things can happen. So you can carve your intentions into this candle. If the candle comes in a jar and can't be removed, you could paint the sigils on the outside of the jar, or you could put it on a piece of paper underneath the candle. And, um, I really think this is a time to be doing some candle magic. So make use of this entire week, um, between the 19th and 24th for the things you really want to bring into your life.
0: I will also sometimes put, and I, and I say, do this very carefully Uh, very finely ground herbs like that I've done in a mortar and pestle just at the very top of the candle. Yeah, Just be there when you light it because sometimes they'll smoke a little bit or they'll catch fire. So just make sure you're watching. But once the wax heats, it'll sink into the candle and you'll be fine.
1: Um, Since we're talking about money spells today, one of my favorite herbs for money work is basil. Uh, basil has, I believe was actually used by, um, sex workers back in the ancient days as a way to, they believed it would attract customers. And I think it's because basil is delicious. It's delicious and and it smells amazing. It smells amazing. And so we're drawn to it. So basil, um, is, is a very good plant for drawing in money. And, um, someone, again, I'm always on team lemon balm, but my, but my high priestess has called lemon balm, the money plant. So,
0: you know, I love lemon balm. Yeah. It's such a great plant. It's very easy to grow too. And it is
1: invasive. So it is a great thing to harvest from your area because it helps
0: local wildlife and and it helps your magic. I will say that if you are planting it, I highly suggest you planting it in a pot Yes, or it will become a very big problem for you. So you can get, you can transplant it to bigger and bigger pots, but it will stay contained. Um, You can get a little start and start with a small pot. And grow the pot, but you definitely don't want to just put it in the earth or it will become an overgrown nightmare in your garden.
1: Yeah. And for the local wildlife. Yeah. It's not great. So
0: I also find that in asking for anything, whether it be love money, it's important to be very specific because if you're just like, give me the money, you're like, it may come to you in a really weird way and it may result in you getting all of this work and maybe that results in more money, but you didn't expect to suddenly have your plate overflowing.
1: I think it's also making sure that you're um, being specific about your intention, but not too specific. Like you're trying to shortcut to the end. Yes. Um, I know that for a couple of witches in my coven, uh, back when I was running one in New York, they were trying to do bring some more money into the house. And um, what they wanted was this couple to move in with them and be their roommates. Cause that would bring an in income. And That's they,
0: very specific. it
1: was very specific. And they said, we want this couple to move in. And I said, why? And they said, because we want the money. I said, But what if the money came without this couple having to move in? But she couldn't get out of her mind. She's like, yeah, but that's the answer. And I said, not necessarily. And so they did. And it was funny because they also had a big home protection spell, which meant that the roommates just could not figure out a way to move in. I said, change the spell, let that one go and say you want prosperity in the home. And so it didn't work out with the roommates. But then it turns out that their power company came back and said, oh, my God, we've been overcharging you all your bill is now half off for the time being. And here's a rebate.
0: Right. So I mean, it's, I think, I think you're totally right. And good call out. Like it's, it's good to be specific. You don't want to box yourself in, Yes. but you don't want to just be like, send me money that like really doesn't, you know, if there's an area. So sometimes I'll be like, I really need income from this source, or I'm looking for more opportunities here to bring myself more opportunity or income. It's, it's good to be, to have, Clear intentions, but not to box yourself in. I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Is anyone doing anything special for Ostara? I haven't had much chance to plan anything because of the car accident and a really heavy workload at the moment. Um, I really love using bath magic this time of year. So I'll probably do a combination of herbs and oils in the bath. Um, And I I have actually a mix that I already have together that I'm excited to use. So I'll probably do something like that. And then I usually... uh, I usually use, uh, candles for prosperity. Magic as my go-to. Um, so I'll probably do something like that too, but I really like, I have, I'm so far behind the planning curve, uh, just because life has been through me a little bit of a curve So,
1: well, my husband and I tend to plan our, um, holiday magic on, on the whim. On the fly, so yeah. we'll do something for the spring equinox, but I don't know what it is. Um, I th- will probably, f- will probably do something outside. Um, be our first ritual outside since maybe last summer. So that'll be nice. But we tend to remember that morning that it's time to do a a celebration in that evening. And it's a work night. So we we both have very demanding jobs. So we'll be doing something
0: simple. Yeah, I think that it's, I always try and remind myself, I think in my head, because I really like, it's the like event planner in me that wants to build something huge and like do something really over the top it's a really nice reminder to, to that. It doesn't have to be huge. It can just be simple. Um, you know, your ritual or or what you do as part of your ritual doesn't have to be this big, complex, giant show. It can be something really simple. We're,
2: we're probably going to do something. Um, I usually do something outside with the kiddos. Um, I always joke that my kids are probably the only, some of the only kids that can explain why there's bunnies and eggs and, <laughs> at Easter at Easter. Yeah. And, um, one of the one of my the stories that the story that I've taught my children that was one of the ones because of course there's all kinds of different versions and stuff but I kind of thought it was the most the easiest to explain and, and the most fun is uh, Ostara the goddess of spring was walking through the forest and she came upon an injured bird and the bird had fallen out of a tree and it had broken its wing and a bird with a broken wing she knew would not survive. And so she picked the bird up in her hands and she gave it a blessing and turned the bird into a bunny because a bunny doesn't have wings and it was still cold outside. So she knew it would be safe and she set it down on the ground and the bunny was so grateful that it followed her around and it became her little familiar. And the bunny, because it was once a bird, laid eggs. And so she would then paint the eggs and offer them up as uh, offer them up as offerings to the gods to thank uh, thank them for everything that she had and so that's kind of the story that the kids and I kind of talk about and do, and that's kind of part of our spring equinox ostara celebration and so they get bunnies and eggs when other people don't quite get bunnies and eggs
0: so I'm very, very excited to welcome Reverend Dr. Queen Mother Imaku Mu Neferet. She is phenomenal, and I want to introduce her by reading by far one of the most impressive bios and some background info, info on her so that our listeners know all the amazing things that you've done. Reverend Dr. Queen Mother Imaku Mu Neferet is a cultural educator, scholar, motivational speaker, comedic elder, high priestess, and queen mother. Initiative water priestess, storyteller, poet, writer, vocalist, musician, dancer, yogini, artist, <clears throat> arts administrator, filmmaker, and multimedia producer. Dedicated to cultural preservation, cultural reclamation, and creating uplifting, truthful media for Black and Brown people, she is the founder of Akaru Multimedia, Uhemu, Black and Brown Storytellers, former columnist of First World News, African American newspaper, host producer of Ashé Radio and TV shows, founder director of the Zawadi Collective Performance Ensemble, founder of Akaru New African Network. She is also co-founder of the Newark Latino Film Festival and Newark Latino Arts Collective. Queen Mother Imaku is founder director and chief instructor of Shenu Art and Yoga Sanctuary creator of the Drums of Compassion Drumming and Dance Program, which she has taught throughout the US to children and adults since the late 90s. Queen Mother has taught African arts educations for Philadelphia's Point Breeze Performing Arts Center, Boys and Girls Clubs of Trenton, the Garvey Charter School of Trenton, City of Trenton, New York Department of Juvenile Justice on behalf of the African Poetry Theater of Queens, Newark's Ironbound Community Corporation, Montclair State University, and Orange, New Jersey Board of Education. Queen Mother was recently yoga instructor for the City of Newark Recreation Department, executive director and co-founder of the Newark Latino Film Festival. Queen Mother's most recent film project, I've Got a Vision, produced for fellow filmmaker Nancy Vasquez, was highlighted by director Ava Duverni of on February 2019 special online edition of Time Magazine. Queen Mother Imaku has emceed spoken word events in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania and New York, New Jersey. Queen Mother is founder of Akaru Multimedia and Uhemu Uhemu Black and Brown Storytellers of New Jersey. Queen Mother Imaku's newest compilation, downloadable music, spoken word CD, The Very Best So Far, was released on December 19th, 2019. Her, Her new documentary series, The Wisdom Keepers, begins production in 2020. Her new one-woman stage show, The Water Brought Me Here, begins touring also in 2020 and is booking for schools, theaters, and events. Spiritually, Queen Mother Imaku was initiated as an Ankh carrying high priestess through the shine of Kepra in Brooklyn, New York. She is an ordained interfaith minister and is a member of the Newark Interfaith Clergy Alliance. She is also active in New York City Auburn Seminary. She is immortalized as Queen of Cups in the Tarot of Burroughs Contemporary Photographic Deck. Woohoo! As a Kemetic scholar, her research connecting European elder Futhark runes to Nile Valley origins has been considered groundbreaking. Her newest book, Kesu Duameni, Kemetic Daily Prayers and Rituals, was released in late November 2019. While teaching the importance of maintaining cultural traditions, Queen Mother Imaku is constantly breaking new ground by redefining practical new applications for today's world. Queen Mother Imaku's proud family lineage includes her maternal ancestor. Billy Artis, who fought in the Nat Turner Uprising, her father, the late Tommy J. Lloyd, first African-American accepted into the New Jersey Tool and Dye Association, former South Carolina Congressman George Washington Murray, former enslaved African who was the only African-American congressman serving during the 53rd and 54th Congresses, and her living relative, her cousin James Clyburn, Southern Carolina Congressman. Queen Mother Emaku has been celebrating Kwanzaa since 1989. Nguzo Saba helped to deepen the Black consciousness she was raised in and provided a strong framework to raise her children with. She stands by the foundations that have shaped her and she is proud and she proudly shares with community. She has also recently formed Shanu Harmonious Living Institute. My God, woman. <laughs> That is incredible work. I'm so blown away by everything that you've done. Hardest working witch in Witchland land. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow. No, I thought I did a lot and not even close. <laughs> um, so we are- th- Also, also oh, one ahead. thing that the
1: bio didn't say is that she was the lead ritualist at Portland Pagan Pride two years That's ago. Right. And that was one of the most beautiful Pagan Pride rituals I have ever
0: seen, even complete- oh. The bald eagle flying it over was us at the end. Phenomenal. It was phenomenal. It was such a beautiful thing to witness.
3: We had a great so, time. We? we had a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> oh, it's so great. So, Queen Mother, I wanted to start with this, the question that we ask everyone when they come to the podcast. This is where we start, which is, when did you first realize you were a witch or a magical person?
3: I was a kid. I was, I was, I, I, I truly felt in sync with all of nature when I was a child. Absolutely. And this was encouraged by my maternal grandmother who would let me play outside in the rain and would let me be outside barefoot in the grass and uh, would encourage me to uh, Well, uh, us as kids, uh, my cousins and I, we were all girl cousins with the exception of the one boy who got treated special because he was a boy. Um, you know, he came along later, but still uh, there were a lot of uh, we, we were all girl cousins. You know, and we were encouraged to go and play up on uh, in, in Blackbrook Park where with all the little teeny froggies, little teeny uh, um, peeper frogs. And uh, the big bullfrogs, uh, in spite of the fact that up on the hill where the the water <clears throat> tower was, they, the the Ku Klux Klan burned crosses. Mm-hmm. Um, we still were encouraged to go and in, in the wake of that and go and play amongst the ashes up on uh, that that hill and wow. go and be amongst the nature uh, where the, where the pond was and where the little where the water would run over the rocks. Uh, we were learned, we, we, we were taught to not be afraid is not fear any man and to still enjoy nature. Mm. And in, in enjoying that oneness, uh, with all of life, that's where I, I, I felt the, 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 power of nature and the, the, the learning to, and, 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 le- and learned how to, uh, to will things to be, I don't want to say at my command but to learn how to be in sync with uh, uh, the divine presence of uh, what we now, what I now call nature in my tradition. Uh, my, my grandmother taught me how to question things that were in so-called religion. Uh, she taught me how to question what was in Christianity and uh, to not just accept what, uh, uh, what was told to me in uh, traditional religion. And so uh, I would say when I was uh, very small as a child. That's beautiful.
2: I think that's one of, honestly, the most impactful and important things that if anyone can instill in your child, to instill in them the knowledge to question. Yes. And it doesn't mean the knowledge to be disobedient. It means the knowledge to question. Why am I doing this? And that's one of the things that, you know, I, I attempt, hopefully, to be able to do with my own children, because my thought process is, I'm not always there. So I need them to think about things before they make a decision, you know, and be able to come to a conclusion on their own without me having to tell them yes or no.
3: Yeah. That's a really important uh, point that you made that, that that doesn't necessarily mean to be disobedient, you know, because we certainly were respectful and obedient children. And, you know, it's really ironic that I mentioned my cousins in this because Lord knows they are truly staunch Mm -hmm. Christians you know i'm I'm the rebel <laughs> I'm the rebel, right? you know i mean i I went through my period of being staunch in my Christianity when I got to be a teenager when I was taught to later be afraid when I stepped away from that natural flow for a while for a little while and um you know when i when I became scared of of going to hell mm. and when I learned to to become selfish in that way you know because when you start doing things because you're afraid that you're something's going to happen to you in the afterlife and you start doing things when you start doing things to things to garner brownie points from a, a, a god that is different than the one that you first come to know when you're in, vi- in touch with the divine um and and so that you can curry favor so that you won't end up burning in some eternal so-called eternal um, lake of fire that differs from the, the, the lake that you knew as a child that was beautiful and had wonderful, beautiful currents and beautiful life in it. it it's, it's sad. It's, it's, uh, and, and, and again, there's a, an element of selfishness that's in it because now you're doing it because of what's in it for you. You know, mm-hmm. you start doing things that are nice for others just oh. because of what's in it for Excuse you. Me. So that, so that God will be, Happy with you, and so that you won't end up um going to hell, you know and then that's it, it's selfish it's selfish right yeah,
2: instead of doing something nice to be nice for this you're doing right. it you're doing it you know for all the wrong reasons, you're doing it because you think it's going to help you
3: to get into right.
0: heaven
3: right instead of uplifting uh, uplifting humanity mm-hmm. now you're doing it so right. that you yeah yeah, it's sad.
0: I mean, I loved your book. I thought it was incredibly insightful, and it and I thought it also really explained things in in such a clear format. You know, sometimes I think when you uh, read through books, there uh, you leave and you're kind of like, "What did I even just read? I don't even understand." You know, and i i left I left really seeing uh, your practice and understanding it, and and I thought it was just beautifully written. Well, thank you. Thank you, thank you. for our audience. Can you tell us just a little bit about the basic? Tenants of the Kemetic faith?
3: Sure. Ma'at, which most people pronounce ma'at, but it is is pronounced ma'at. Ma'at is uh, the concept of harmony, reciprocity, balance, order, justice, divine love. These are the basic tenets that we base our beliefs on. Uh, these concepts are matriarchal. And the idea is that we, it, 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 it's mindfulness. These are the concepts that, are, uh, that the golden rule is based upon. And that all basic religions are uh, founded upon, ideally. It is said that all world religions are based on this and are highly influenced by uh, these tenets because uh, all world religions came out of, uh, basically, came out of ancient Egypt or Kemet.
1: I think uh, that may, some of our listeners may not even realize that, um, that the original name for, for what they know as ancient Egypt was Kemet.
3: And yes. Let me explain that because uh, Kemet was the original name of ancient Egypt. Kemet, which means land of the black. Now, some people believe that to mean that it, it, this talks about the origin of the people who lived there who had dark skin. Kem means black. Uh, Now, this also refers to the silt that comes out of the uh, or this is the soil that comes from the uh, the waters of the Hapi or the Nile uh, during the time of the flood. Either way, uh, it, it refers to the word black and the richness of the soil that came from the flood waters nourished the land. As the land was nourished, this meant that the 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 crops would be able to grow. The land was irrigated. As the land was irrigated, that meant that that there, would, that there was a flourishing because uh, people would be able to eat. There would be uh, the crops would be able to grow. There would not be starvation. So uh, it was important then for the floodwaters to bring this rich, dark soil because that meant there would not be starvation. Mm. Okay. So Kemet was a rich civilization. Uh, the people lived according to a high standard. And as people visited uh, and traveled through the Nile Valley civilization, they observed the high standards that the people lived by and it influenced the, um, the, the many who traveled through there and they brought uh, what they observed to uh, their cultures and the high standards uh, affected many and uh, including the uh, religious traditions. Okay. So how, what did that mean? That, that meant that it ended up affecting the Hebrew traditions. It meant that it affected the uh, Islamic traditions uh, and as the uh, Kemites traveled, and they were world travelers. They were um, um, expert navigators as they traveled the waters, and they traveled throughout the world. Um, they had influences on um, the, the Asiatic traditions. And so um, it is said also that the uh, Buddhists, uh, the Buddh- Buddhist traditions were affected. In fact, it is said that the teachings of the Buddha were actually the priesthood of Pitta, Um, the the Pata traditions that came out of the Nile Valley uh, uh, traditions. And uh, it it, it goes on. I explain more about this in my book. So now in our temple, our temple is a water temple. The word for mer, the word for love is mer. And uh, mer is also one of the many words for water. Now I've been sharing recently my observations about the fact that the people who were actually closest to the water were the everyday people, not the people in the palace. The people in the palace were separated from the water and they had people who brought water to them. They had irrigation systems that were built so that water was able to flow into the palace. Okay. Um, but, uh, I mean, and you also had people who were royal butt washers. Okay. Now, I mean, how close can you be to the water if you're not even gonna wash your own behind? You know,
2: (laughs) I tell that to Courtney all the time.
0: (laughs) I mean, that's so true. I mean, I guess I, I think that's so valid because that is so that, you know, when you're up in this palace, when you are at that level of wealth, there is, there is a fortress around you. You're not connected to everyday life. You're not connected to everyday people or any of the resources. Yeah, so
1: right. the top down billionaire, 1%
3: crushing all. This is issues we've, we've been dealing with for thousands Forever. of years. Yep. Think about this. Now think about your ancestors. Your ancestors who were the everyday people who had to go to the water to wash their own clothes, mm. who had to fetch their own water, okay? Who had to deal with the dangers of the water Crocodiles, snakes, dysentery. The ones who were closest to the water were the ones who knew of the dangers of the water and had to build a relationship with the water, the water animals, the water spirits. Mm. They were the ones who knew the water and had to build a, 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 a relationship of oneness with the water. Who, who developed their own Avenue of, of prayers bargaining with the water and the water spirits. Okay.
0: That makes, I mean, that makes sense to me. It's like, I feel like it makes sense to me that those people would have that deeper connection because they were there. They weren't yeah. uh, with other people. There wa- weren't a number of people between a person and the resource. It was the person and the resource there together. I'm just That's upset right.
1: from now on. Kanani's just gonna say that I'm the that I'm the descendant of a butt washer. That's all <laughs> she's ever gonna say about me. <laughs> That's not what I said. What I
0: said is you need to wash your own butt. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I I got <laughs> it. That's what she said. We literally like we're having like a historical conversation and it it just falls apart to butt washing. This oh, is what we're on the podcast. It'll make sense this is why Queen Mother and I get along so well. <laughs> you, you know, I have it, a Speaking of ancestors, one one of the things that popped up in the book for me, um, y- you said that one of the ways that you, I mean, there were many ways to honor ancestors, but one of the ways that I just didn't even, you know, that wasn't something I, I think that I thought about was you said that doing acts of kindness to honor ancestors is a part of the way that you honor them, that you yeah. give, you thank them by giving to others. And I thought that was so amazing because I think we often think, okay, we're going to buy this thing or put this food out. I mean, I cook food for my ancestors. I give water to my ancestors too. Not that those aren't important, but this is something that I guess, I I, I didn't think of it. I thought of it as an act of kindness, but not as an act of kindness that honored ancestors. And I thought, what a beautiful way to honor them, to, to give to others as a form of gratitude. So I just wanted to call that out because I just thought it was so beautiful.
3: Yes. I mean, listen, our ancestors do appreciate the fact that we, we, we remember them and we cook for them. I know that my, my ancestors, my grandmother in particular appreciates and does, it does something immediately for me when I cook succotash for her, because she, it shows that she remembers the the time that I tried to cook a meal for her. And I made, her favorite succotash, you know, and I tried to cook this fried chicken for her. It was a disaster. It was, <laughs> it, you know, it, it, it was, you know, when I, was, when, I, when I moved in with her to get away from my mother, I moved in with her and my grandfather. And as an act of gratitude in life, I tried to cook this fried, this fried chicken and it came out all bloody, you know, and oh, no. she, she, she was, all, she was so quiet and humble, you know, and she cut into it and she was like, your mother didn't teach you how to fry chicken.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. I, I love that your grandmother automatically gave you a pass and she didn't criticize you. She criticized your, your mother. mother. Like yeah. it's your mom's fault. that yeah. you can't. It it right say.
0: So I, I want to make sure that we leave since, since the topic of the episode is prosperity magic. Um, I wanted to leave some space for that because I'm really interested to hear from you. First of all, how you incorporate prosperity
3: magic into your own practice. Well, let me just, well, okay. Let me, let me segue into that by, by me- finishing talking about this whole thing about cooking for my grandmother, because I put out a small plate and, um, you know, I make sure that I, I cook, I, I, I thoroughly cook a piece of chicken for my grandmother. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I cook the succotash, you know, cause it's always that memory, to that time from when I was 18 and, you know, the chicken didn't come out good, but the succotash came out good, you know, <laughs> And uh, you know, but let me just tell you every time that I do within like a half an hour or so, then I get a phone call from somebody who wants to order something big, like a big, like somebody who wants to order like mm. a, like a, a reading or a chart, like a, something that's big from me. And in a time, a really timely fashion when I really need the money. Okay. And, and, and my grandmother was the one who held the purse strings in our family. Mm. Okay. It used to be that when, uh, it, 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 this is before I was born in my family, because my grand, my grandparents were sharecroppers and they came up North and made themselves business people. And so in the family, cause grandma was Miss Got Rocks. If if, if someone needed a loan, my grandfather would always say, You got to talk to Selma. Okay. And uh, so she would be the one who decided if somebody would get the money. All right. And because she was the bookkeeper in the family. So to this day on my altar, um, I pour libation to her and to her sisters because they were the ones who were the, the money manifestors. So, um, it's important to know who in your family you should pour libation to when you need money, you should not pour to just anybody. Okay. Now this is really important to understand because as we are resurrecting our traditions, we feel that we should just pour to anybody just because they died. That's not true. Death does not make you wise. It does not ordinarily mean that you've got money wisdom. Okay. Oh man, that's so true. You've got to get that straight. You can be messing yourself up royally. Pardon the pun. Okay. Pardon the backwards pun here, but truly you could be messing yourself up because you were just assuming that because somebody died, that means that they deserve a place on your altar. There is a distinction between who goes on your altar and who goes in your memory book, who goes in the photo album, who goes in the drawer, who does not even, who, who should not even be mentioned. Okay. There are people that you pray for there are people who go in the photo album there are people who go on your altar there are people you call upon for money help okay you have to be very very clear about that all right I just have to I just have to stop you real
2: quick to say something that's kind of it's on the ancestral altar top topic I have some people that I have been feeling like I need because they're ancestors that I need to put them on my altar. Mm -hmm. And there has been something that has prevented me from doing that. Mm. And I feel like you just gave me permission to not do it, which I appreciate because there's just been that thing in me going, I just don't think that they belong there. You You don't like something I, I was supposed to do, not something I wanted to do or felt that they, it was appropriate for them to be there. So I you feel like that readings, was so powerful. What you just said is not everyone has to be there.
3: Yes, you do readings, and then you go to somebody else, and you get you you go to pendulum. Okay, you get backup. You get a you get a, a council of three to get to, to just to make sure because you also want to make sure that they're not creeping in and getting that pendulum going. Okay, you 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 make sure. Okay, you get you get absolutely clear on that. All right. I, I listen, this is and this has been the topic of conversation of, of late, where people have come to me and asked who's supposed to be on my altar, because people's lives have been jacked up royally. We listen, we have fond memories of many. Uh and, and that's fine. And you pray for them because they many of them want to uh to ascend. They want to move forward. There are some people who are stuck. You can pray for them, all right? You can even you can pour libation for them outside in a park away, away from your house. Okay. <laughs> you Place else. You don't want them in your personal space where they can jack mm. up your energy. Okay. Yeah. Especially when it comes to your finance, your finance is all important because that's how you move forward in this world. You need money to live in this world. All right. Now, in terms of other ways that you can um, um, move forward with your finance in our tradition, we use hekau. Those are words of power. This is this is all important because these are your in, in our tradition. These are our incantations. Okay. Now, for us, it's a science because uh, for us, we, we learn um, um, the the netcheru, These are the gods and goddesses, for lack of a better term. Um, we we kind of are away from those terms um because we understand them to be energies uh but but for lack of a better term uh these are forces of nature um uh sometimes it's just a matter of understanding the energy proper, uh, properties but uh there's a science to it and it's a matter of also understanding which correct order they go in okay so uh as you come to know them then you put them in the proper order and then you chant them now we also write prayers Well, there's so many different words that we use for prayer, but we we write prayers that we use. Um, uh, There's 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 a cap repair that we use or capri that we use for for, uh, money. Um, We also come to understand the certain cycles (coughs) as well. Now, for right now, we are in retrograde cycle. We have learned not to fear retrograde. It used to be where like I I had a friend who used to uh, call me all the time. And queen mother retrogrades coming. It's coming. It's coming. Get ready. Get ready. Oh my God. It's coming.
2: You can say it was Courtney. That's okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh my goodness. This was, this was my friend from uh, the, the, the metaphysical church that um, uh, you know, it, it, it just came to be a common thing and man, oh my goodness. And I used to be like, Oh no, Oh no. You know, listen, then I came into the Kemetic tradition and it'd be like, listen, chill. Okay. And so now we know who to work with during retrograde cycle. We welcome it. Okay. Because now we know to work with Jehuti because we listen and our temple, especially we work with all of these, um, um, dealing with timing. Okay. Or, you know, gods and goddesses for lack of a better term dealing with timing. So, um, that's knit, that's, uh, Jehuti, um, Akeru, um, well, there's so many, Hugh and Huit, there's so many, and we, we also know, all right, so it's coming, so we know that there are certain things we wrap up, we also know, we look forward to the different things cropping up, but we, we can bring closure to, or that we have an opportunity to readdress. This is an opportunity for us. Okay. So we shouldn't be afraid. We also expect that there are certain things that are just going to break down because that's, what's going to happen. It's just part of the cycle. We deal with cycles It's part of a life cycle. All right. So we, we now welcome the the retrograde cycle. It's just an approach to life, you know? So when, when it comes to money, we also know that there's an opportunity for some, some uh, uh, lost or not lost, but we can make money during these cycles, okay? Opportunities that had been forgotten about can now be readdressed. So mm-hmm. we, we don't necessarily look at it as being lo- money that will be lost. We can look at it as an oppor- opportunity for money to be gained. Okay, that,
1: that's the kind of energy you can pull from during the retrogrades. Is that what I understand?
3: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. It's just a matter of knowing who to call on. <clears throat> All right, and let me At- let, and let me say. Okay. Th- 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 so, so, you would this is this is a chance for restoration. So you would say chebu chebu, which means restoration. Okay, so you, in your meditations you would say dua chebu. Okay, thank you for restoration. And so you would call on that restoration energy. Anybody who owes you money, come on, bring it, bring it. Mm. That's a really
0: good point. I guess I, I think we probably don't think about like, not just asking for new money, but also pulling in money. That's that people are owing us. Yeah. Um, Yeah. One of the things that I, was really curious about is so when you're at, so we, I think we often ask, we like, we create prosperity spells or we ask for prosperity magic to help us. And it's often like more money here, more money here, money, more money here. But what part does financial responsibility play into that? Like, how do you balance, like, how do you work in both asking and the responsibility? And is that something that works together in prosperity magic or is it, or are they two
3: totally separate things? Am I crazy thinking that? Um, no, that's a good point. no, it is a good point. It's a very good point because, you know, we get we kind of get slipshod with that too because it, it is an opportunity for us also to restore. Because that word chabu, it also means restoration. It's a chance for you also to restore. Mm. If, if there if there are times where you owe something and you've kind of forgotten about it, it's a chance for you to, to do your own restoration too. Do you,
0: when you're asking, so when... for our listeners, you know, when, when they're asking for money or for financial success, what's a good way to do that respectfully and like without asking, I mean, how, I guess, how do we ask, how do we ask respectfully? Is there a good way you talked about obviously syncing with an ancestor that you think is, was particularly fiscally responsible or was the, held the money purse, you know, um, is there anything that you think is good to offer them outside of the things that they individually like? Is there something that you do in your practice that, um, that you find? I think a question to add on to that is if a person didn't know their ancestors personally, oh, that's a good,
1: and maybe they were adopted or, um, their, their ancestors passed away many years before they were born. What sorts of things would be kind of more all purpose gifts to give an ancestor you really didn't question. know in life?
3: That's a good question. If I can just, if I can just kind of um, hold that for just a minute, because I do want to readdress something um, uh, about the restoration thing. Uh, I want to say also, we believe in what's called restoring my eight. This is where if you have offended someone, or again, you owe something, you have to restore the balance. We call it restoring my eight. And that's where you have the opportunity to go. If you have offended someone and apologize to someone and Uh, you have a chance to fix it, okay? That's really, really important. Having that humbleness of heart and uh, being able to go. And the humility piece is huge, you know, because it all begins with being able to, we we always hold the mirror to ourselves and ask, what can I do? What have I done? You know, is, is there something I need to do? In order to restore the energy, because it can't, it should not, it cannot be a thing where you just look at the universe as this big gimme, gimme, gimme factor. Okay, that's why it's important to go and make sure that you go and do for somebody. Okay, mm. that's why we, you know, go and and do a kind act for someone. Okay? Yeah, that's
0: really that's. I mean, that exa- when you said that, immediately it was like, oh, right, it's honoring your ancestors with those acts of kindness. It's going and. And and
3: spreading kindness as as a as a form of gratitude, right? And not just you know putting a plate down before you know your ancestral altar. You know it, it's not always about that. You know because it's it's better to you know okay occasionally honor them with something, but then go and, and actually give something to someone in need. Yeah, I mean, because you know it's like like someone was telling me that they put a plate of meat down in front of this particular guardian. Well, and I said, I would, I know that that guardian would really prefer for you to go and give a meal to someone who was hungry as opposed to putting this plate of meat down in front of this statue.
0: Yeah. I think that's a really good point. I think, I think that it, I think sometimes we forget because we are so focused on the individual ancestor, what they like and what they, what they would want. And while that, you know, and and in your book, you said, you know, I, Poor libations regularly. I, I do that regularly, but the, the food is from time to time. So it's like, I think it's a good, a good way to honor them every day. You know, we have opportunities to give back to people every single day, whether it's, day. you know, stopping and every helping, people across the street, whether it's, you know, um, you know, I mean, it, it's endless, right. You could, you can help people right. in, in a bajillion different ways. They don't have to cost money they don't have to, and there are many ways that you can be kind and show
3: kindness. Um, right. I pour water every day, you know, yeah. to, to, to make that, to make that connection and, and to show, to show gratitude, but up to, for food, there are people hungry every single day who need food every in their belly, you know? Yeah. So all right, go back to the other um, uh, point, please. Again, uh, where, where we stuck that pin. And again, Courtney, please remind me again. What, what was it you just asked me
1: if um, what might be an appropriate offering to, if you didn't know your ancestors?
3: Mm. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So we, we have, um, for the ancestors that we don't know, they are called the uh, the iaku. They are the high ancestors of light. But then, then again, for the for the, even those for those you don't know, you know we we say the named and unnamed, the known and unknown. You are still able to pour a libation to them, and to just say those that are named and for the named and unnamed, for the known and the unknown. Okay, you are still able to acknowledge them, and. Uh, those are the invisible hands. It is important to acknowledge them and to ask for help because certainly if you were adopted and it's, it's, it's certainly it's fair to reach out to them. That doesn't mean that you you're cut off from them because they know you, they know you. And if you have relatives who are jealous at the notion of you're asking them for help, then that's not fair. But certainly you're not, uh, how are they to know if you're praying to ask for their help, you know? Um, I, always, I always say that uh, if you had someone who you never met show up at your doorstep and ring your doorbell and, and say, I'm your long lost ancestor and I'm standing here to give you a million dollars would you turn it down? I don't, don't think so. I wouldn't. <laughs> I'm like, not me. <laughs> not me? You know, <laughs> so it is certainly fair to ask for help from those that you do not know. And they are more than willing to help you.
0: That's fantastic. I mean, that's like such good advice because I think there are a lot of people out there that don't, that don't know. And I think that's a good way to call them in, and also for all of us, even even people, even those of us that know our ancestors, like to still re- recognize that there are that we can still honor those that we didn't know um, and, and ask for help. So, one of the things we do as we're kind of rounding out the episode, one of the things we do is we <clears throat> we have a little thing that we call as below, so above, rather than, um, as above, so below. And what we do is it's at the end of the episode, we say something that we want to release. So something that we are getting rid of or something that we are letting go of. And then, and then we, in return, ask something that we would like to bring in something that we would like to call in. We would love, if you would like to participate, to have you participate, um, we're happy to go first so that you can see kind of how we do I it. I nominate Kanani. Kanani's gonna go first this is this is kind of a
2: this is an easy one for me this time because I am actively trying to bring in the energy and the finances of trying to purchase a new house and so that is what I'm trying to bring in and I'm actually going through my house right now and thinking going through all of our stuff and thinking to myself would I want to pack this in a box? And if not, I am I am giving it to someone who needs it, and or I am I am donating it. And so I'm trying to get rid of the stuff that no longer serves me, and that is taking up space and energy. And and I'm trying to get rid of that, and I'm trying to bring in uh, the finances and the energy to get a new home.
0: So mo that so mo that. So for me. Um, what I'm trying to let go of is financial anxiety. Um, I just had to purchase a car because I was in an accident. And my car was totaled and, and I've worked really hard to be in a place of financial stability, but signing a car loan was very, it, it, I was like completely like hyper almost hyperventilating. So I'm letting go of, I think that comes from a place of the past where I wasn't as financially stable and I've worked really hard to pay off debt and, and become a fa- financially stable person. So I'm letting go of the anxiety of the past that is interpreted into the anxiety of today. And I'm bringing in confidence in, in the stability in my life and, and a realization that I've worked really hard to get to where I am. And it's okay to be, um, proud of that.
1: Uh, my similar, we're staying on this whole money finance theme. I'm also wanting to let go of, uh, financial anxiety. We had to, we had a lot of, of different costs, um, Racking up, Queen Mother, that mold problem in the bathroom um, turned into a whole demolition, and we have a crew in there right now. It's okay. Mm, But I welcome the fact that we're going to have a very fresh fresh look to the house. And safe. And safe. No more lead paint in the ceilings. No more mold in the bathroom. So I am embracing the fresh new energies of a fixed house.
3: Absolutely. Mm, mm. Okay. I am... Releasing all blockages to my financial security and releasing all blockages to my global success, releasing all blockages to happiness. All blockages to good love. All blockages to good power. All blockages... Oh, yeah, get my license. Uh, All blockages to good health. And I am welcoming the new in all avenues of my life for my higher good and for my success and financial wellness.
0: So moat that. So mote mote that. that. So we wanted to take a moment to reiterate to our listeners that your book is amazing and they should go buy it immediately. Um, In case you missed the title, it is Kesu Duameni. Shanu Kemetic Daily Prayer Rituals by Queen Mother Imaku. Uh, Queen Mother, what's the where's the best place for people to order that?
3: Well, at queenmotherimaku.com. I want to thank you all so much for having me. Courtney, thank you so much. My my spirit child. Oh <laughs> my dear friend forever. And who has always had my back. I just thank you so much. And uh, I miss you and Brian. And look forward to seeing you so much. And uh, thank you, ladies. Yes, uh, thank you. Uh, thank you. Can't thank wait you, to Abby. get up there on the West Coast and see you all again. Wrap my arms around you all. Yes, Yay! you do. Yes. Please
0: come out here. Yeah. Well, thank you so, so much. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on. I know our listeners are going to love hearing all of the history all and all of the suggestions to bring in prosperity and financial success. So to our listeners, we hope it's successful for you. So for those of you that haven't already visited our Etsy shop, we have our spell cards, our large stickers, our small stickers you can actually go to our Facebook page, which you should go and follow anyway. And there's a shop now button on there that you can click that will take you right to our Etsy store so that you can purchase those items. The spell cards are great. There are nine different spells. Each one of us wrote three and you won't get the same one. We make sure that you don't get a duplicate. Um, if you like listening to us and you've enjoyed our episodes, we'd love to have you go over to Facebook and give us a rate or a review or on Apple Podcasts, or on Apple Podcasts, because that lets other listeners know that you like what you're hearing and, and, and lets other people know about us. Um, and then of course, we are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So please go follow us. We post really ridiculous things and some really informational things as well. Um, and we love hearing from our fans. So as always reach out if you have any questions and we look forward to you joining us next episode.
1: Yeah, bye everybody. Bye. Join us on the first and third
2: Mondays
0: of the month for magical tools, tips, and stories about living as a witch in today's world. Find us at thatwitchlife.com for archived episodes or to ask your burning questions for us to answer in a future podcast. So, vote it be